everybody, welcome to Texas Real Talk. Uh, as always here, Jason Franklin with my friend and uh, business partner, James Toller. James, how you doing? Very good. I see you have uh, graced us with another uh, amazing young up-and-comer. Uh, why don't you introduce him and uh, tell him what you know. Yeah, so Carlos is a guy. Really interesting story how we met, actually. Carlos was a barista at a coffee shop. And, okay. Uh, he had a book on the table. I didn't know it was his, but he had a book on it. It was uh, like 20 Laws of Growth or something. Something I would read. And uh, I went in there and I put a, I went and got a receipt. And on the back of the receipt, I said, hey, I, this is the kind of book I would like. I read. I like, like reading. I don't know who you are, but con- sure. here's my number. Con- contact me. Sure. And uh, so he, he called me later that day and. Uh, he was this creeper writing on my yeah, book. Yeah, he was this creeper. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we, so we met. You know, we met later that day, and he actually ended up quitting. What, maybe two weeks after that? Gave him a two-week notice. Yeah, like maybe four weeks. Yeah, I guess about that. Pretty, pretty quick. Notice, and really, it's been in real estate ever since. But do you still make a good cup of coffee? <laughs> uh, I, I haven't tried in a while, but I could maybe maybe try. So, Carlos, what are you doing right now? Um, right now, all I'm doing is uh, wholesaling. Okay, I've been doing that ever since. Um, ever since, ever since I quit, I haven't done anything else. So, I had an interesting conversation. Um, so, James, I know you know this, but uh, I'm actually a uh, tech founder on a new technology company we're bringing out in partnership with Jared Yellen and uh, Grant Cardone. And, uh, you know, I was having a large conversation with them about different things that we're working on. And I told them, I said, it was really interesting. I was approached in the last week by six different people that wanted to get into real estate. Two were interested in being an agent and four wanted to know what this wholesaling thing is. You know, and so that's not my piece of the game. I mean, you guys obviously excel at that. Mm -hmm. So tell me kind of, you know, I think the barrier to entry in real estate is way too low. I mean, I've said that a million times. I mean, anybody would... You know, they can put one foot in front of the other, can pass the real estate test. Yeah. If you failed the real estate test, I apologize. Um, I failed it. Hey, I, I understand. <laughs> I, I didn't get to fail it because I had no job and was broke. <laughs> um, so I had one chance. Um, you know, but that being said, everybody wants to get into wholesaling because there's, there's like very little money necessary in the beginning. I mean, you can, there's ways to do wholesaling, probably not on a high level, but without any money. You know, you can go door knocking, driving for dollars. You know, if you can afford postage stamps, you know, you can get a hold of people. So, kind of, what was what was your entrance into that like? How long did it take to get your first deal? What's your worst deal? What's your best deal? Mm-hmm. Well, um, so first of all, thank you all for having me on here. I, you know, I really Absolutely, y'all. thank um, you. Yeah. So, um, I think what was the question again? Uh, it was a bunch of them. The, the, yeah. Kind of what? How did, you, how did you get started? Where was your first deal? Uh, what was your best deal? Your worst deal? I mean, how do you go about it? You don't have to give away all your secret tricks. There's you no know. secrets. <laughs> um, well, so I think I had met James like a little bit after. I, I, I met him after he wrote that note, mm-hmm. and I didn't. He was trying to explain what wholesaling was, and I didn't know. I didn't. It flew like right over my head. Sure. And then, like, four weeks after, I reached, reached back out to him and then kind of got into it. You know, and I started off by uh, texting. I'd drive around. He, James told me to drive around, you know, find houses that are beat up. 
Mm-hmm. Start, you know, texting, texting people. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just got like, no, just everyone said no, no, mm-hmm. no, no. Um, and then after that. Now, I was that because of your approach or just because they didn't want to sell their house? I think. If you went back today and made those exact same phone calls, would they all be no's? I would say so, yeah. I okay. would say maybe I was driving in. I mean, I was going in Clear Lake Shores. I remember, I remember, yeah, no, no one wants to have a house in Clear Lake Shores. Not for wholesale. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. You could have a divorce. You could have something weird going on. You yeah. could have lost your ass on Bitcoin. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and it probably was my approach as well. Okay. Um, but then after that, I started cold calling, and that's still what I do, do today. Um, barrier entry for that is, like, you know, I pay, like, 15 cents an address. Mm-hmm. Um, it was... Really, really cheap. Um, yeah, so I cold calling for a while. And it took me eight months. Eight months from July of 2020 to, I think it was February, I got my first deal. Okay. And it wasn't even mine. I, I had found somebody that had a deal, and he needed a buyer, and I connected him to James. And then it took, and took a piece. Yeah, just took a piece. Yeah. Administrative fee. Yeah. And it was all, I negotiated. It took me like 15 minutes to negotiate. Through text, mm-hmm. and yeah, just made money off of that. That's good. And it took me so it went eight so you, without any money. How did you stay motivated, getting told no fifty times a day for eight months? I mean, really, I have to. You know, James was a big, you know, a big played a big role in that, and and um, you know, ha- having me stick around. You mm-hmm. know, um, a lot of people, you know, the people that I live with. Yeah, just really, I would say my environment. Environment, mental yeah. diet. We talk about that every week. Yeah. Okay. I just, I just, you know, made sure to made sure to stick around for when the pinata, you know, burst. Hits. Yeah. You and know, I, I mentioned there. I mentioned this last week, and uh, and I think it's it's poignant because you you wait for the pinata to burst. Has the pinata burst yet? By the way. Um, it's about to. It's cracking. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you got little pieces falling out, but yeah. nothing major yet. Yeah. I'm, you know, because uh, we had an agent in our office last week, and I told the story, but, you know, basically he's, he came in, and he's got two properties under contract. He said, things are really picking up. And I was like, don't say that. Things aren't picking up. This is the product of what you've done over the last several months. This is not an indicator of environment. It's not an indicator of the, the market. This is because you got the no's, and you got the yeses, and you got the maybes, and you kept calling, and you kept, I mean, he's, all over YouTube and he's doing Facebook lives and he's doing virtual open houses and cold calling and everything else. And so now he's got two under contract. He's got another one coming and this is all within like two weeks. You know I mean? So he's got like 700,000 under contract at the moment and another $400,000 buyer that he's talking to. I mean, and it, but it took him like three, three solid months. Is it four months now? Yeah. Three, four months to get that first deal. But then, you know, you go from zero to, I'm going to make 30 grand the next, 30 days, you know, I mean, so, but so there's, there's obviously who you're around, Mm -hmm. you know, who you're, you know, mentoring under, you know, menteeing under, you know, you've got James, who's obviously doing it on a much higher level than most people. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so that first deal was probably, you know, like proof of concept, right? Okay. I am capable of doing this. Yeah. Right. So what are you doing to grow in that capacity? I mean, do you just make more phone calls? Grow and... Well, grow it. How are you going to go from making an, a deal a month to making four deals a month? I would say just consistency. Mm-hmm. Um, 
consistency and yeah, more volume. You know, get more. You know, more uh, contact. You know, outreach. Okay. More, you know, so increasing your sphere. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, I think consistency is one of the biggest things. That's why I think that's why I didn't get a deal in those eight months. So cold calling is kind of like a really this this was a, it should be a business, but it's kind of like a hobby to me. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Wants well, a change in mindset, right? Mm-hmm. So was there a was there a, a a linchpin that changed it from a hobby to a business? Did you grow into that organically by listening and reading and being at James's meetings, or is that something that just one day you're like, "Fuck this, I'm gonna go make some money." I think after that first deal, <laughs> after, yeah, after that first deal, I was like, "Man, I want more." Okay. I want more. <laughs> the more first money. one's always free. Yeah. Well, that's how I did it. I, was, I did the first deal that I got addicted to. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot easier to be consistent when you're craving that every day. So you know what's interesting, and I had this thought since we started this conversation today, is that, you know, worldwide, the American dream is owning a home, right? I mean, because, you know, other than, I mean, think of a, a country where there is the percentage of home ownership that we have here. There's not one. Right. And so I think that there's a lot of misinformation about homeownership and real estate in general. You know, so I was reading an article this week. They did this nationwide poll. 68% of the people polled thought you had to have 20% down to buy a house. You know, and so um, the technology that we have today, you know, like for instance, skip tracing or calling and texting on calls and you paying 15 cents an address. And I'm assuming you guys have a program that you use, which gives you phone numbers and, you know, emails, social media, and you're calling the aunts and uncles and brothers trying to get back to the the dude, you know, or the lady, right? (laughs) You know, I've done my fair share of that. Um, You know, so, but all of that being said, people are still mentally Mentally, we have been taught to think of real estate in a 1965 capacity. Mm-hmm. You know, I gotta have 20% down. You gotta have perfect credit. You gotta, you know, X, Y, Z. And when the when the world is in that mindset, wholesaling would have to seem impossible because you go, why would somebody sell me their house for less than what it's worth? That that's bullshit. You guys are making this up. Nobody's doing that. Yeah. You know, you know. But interestingly, also. Um, I was doing some research on wholesaling last week. There's zero information available. Zero. Huh. I mean, go up and, I mean, you can look up, you can look up anything on Google right now, right? You can look up what's the average salary of a cardiovascular surgeon, what's the average income of a, uh, I don't know, whatever, insert whatever name. Mm-hmm. Go look up what's the average uh, you know, income of a real estate wholesaler. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> Where do I find wholesale deals? And you'll, you're going to find 55 ads about someone trying to teach you, trying to teach you how to wholesale. But it's a, it's literally like the wild, wild west. I mean, as an industry. I mean, would you Oklahoma disagree? just passed a law saying you had to get licensed to wholesale. Really? Illinois also passed. Illinois. Two states. Pennsylvania. What are they going to do? Good old PA. I have no desire to go there. Too freaking cold. So we're trying to regulate, and I think it's a good thing. You know, look how much they regulate realtors and. and dude, I mean, yeah. You think? So you you 
you're at a house for 20 years, you built all this equity, made all these payments, and somebody comes in there and convinces you to sell for less as a realtor. I mean, that's, you're getting a lot of trouble for that. Well, that's also why most wholesalers aren't realtors. Yeah. There was, there was an article in, uh, I think, on the Washington Post that mm-hmm. said, I think this was like the most mainstream that wholesaling has ever got. Yeah. Um, it was saying that wholesalers are taking advantage of uneducated renters. Okay, let's dive into that because I have an opinion on that. Mm-hmm. But I also, I mean, so here's the thing. I have said for years that the only reason I look as good as I do in real estate is because most people in my job suck at it. I mean, and that's that's true. I mean, you've got forty-four thousand agents in the in the city of Houston under HAR, and by March, seventeen thousand had sold something. I hadn't looked at the numbers recently, um, you know, but it's the old eighty-twenty rule, right? You know, so any you know, a hundred percent of the bad press that wholesaling might get is coming from the twenty percent of wholesalers that are legitimately taking advantage of people. Yeah. You know, Grandma's got a house, or Tommy just inherited it, and he's like. I'll give you 30 grand, knowing that it's worth 200 and needs 20 in repairs. Yeah. You know, and the, otherwise the people don't know anything, right? But obviously that's the exception, not the rule. Mm-hmm. But how do you overcome that concept when you're knocking on somebody's door? Saying, hey, I know you got this widget that you your grandma left you and I'll give you less than what it's worth and you gotta explain why you wanna give them less than what it's worth. How do you do that? How do you overcome that? That's a big question. It is a big question. James, feel free to jump yeah, in. I'm, I'm genuinely yeah, curious. Oh, I think a lot of that comes down to the situation. You know, sometimes it's, what do they say? You know, when you're doing a transaction, you have speed, you have customer service, you have price. Sure. There's an element of all that. Well, if somebody's needing speed, right, that's the most valuable aspect of that. Price sure. isn't the most important. You know, it's customer service and it's speed. And so you can have some wiggle room on the price. In the end, as an investor, that's price is all that really matters at the end of the day. If I sure. can get, we're all trying to give great customer service. Of course. And that's what you're teaching your people, uh, to educate them. Uh, so we're all pretty close there. Now, we, can, we all can offer different levels of speed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, so you try to maximize, you try to find people who are valuing things other than price. Mm-hmm. It's a mistake to think everybody values. So you would think that. Yeah. Sure. You know, just inherently, you know, say people want to get as much money for their house as possible. That's not true. Mm-hmm. That's that's a uh, flawed perspective. Now, a lot of people do, but not everybody. So yeah. then it comes down to. But there's also perceived value versus actual value, which I'm sure you guys run into. You or know, they I mean, perceive it. To they be perceive way it as one, or or they value. or they perceive it to be way too much. I mean, I'm sure oh, you guys have yeah. you've gone on appointments where. You, you genuinely want to buy it, and they genuinely want to sell it, but you just can't make or the numbers Zillow. work. Oh, God, don't yeah. get me started on Zillow. Yeah, they'll hop on Zillow and see a, see a value. And I've mentioned this before, but you realize that people are making fun of Zillow because they're buying houses and selling houses now, right? Sure. And they're selling houses for differences of what their estimates. Their estimates don't even match what they're selling homes for. Wow. I mean, good God. You know, but anyways. Um, and I think a lot of it comes down to trust and rapport. Just, you know, as you're teaching your salespeople, it's your sales ability. You Can you connect on a deep level? Can you build the trust? You know, this is an asset they, probably the most expensive asset they own. Do they mm-hmm. feel like you can do what you say? Sure. So 
Well, and they're also saving money by not doing going to the open market. They're saving, you know, anywhere probably upwards of eight to ten percent by not paying all the real estate fees because you guys aren't charging fees. No. It's just, hey, here's a check. Let's go to closing. Mm-hmm. So I mean. So some of what is perceived as not being a good deal, somebody could come back and go, you screwed my grandma, you only paid 120, it was worth 150. And you come back and go, yeah, but it needed a new roof, it needed plumbing, oh, and by the way, it would have cost her 15 grand in closing costs. Yeah. So really, it was an, it was an even deal. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's something you have to explain to, to the homeowner. So but you got like 30 seconds to explain it because you can't go down the rabbit hole of, hey, let's go, go into our, our real estate talk, right? Sometimes I don't, you know, a lot of my appointments will last two hours. And well, that's because you're a relationship guy. Yeah, and it'll, you know, and I kind of look at it like I have 30 seconds, and then I have 30 seconds, and then I have 30 <laughs> seconds, and then I have 30 seconds. Those, you know, they're ready to get me out of that I house. feel the same way when I'm arguing with, with my wife. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 30 seconds from being in trouble if I don't stop, if I don't watch what I say. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And then, if you, I think an appointment should be done Everything intentional. There's mm-hmm. something you're trying to get across at every point and every move. So you're maximizing. Yeah. You ever you ever have that conversation with somebody and you feel like, man, I've known I feel like I've known you sure. for longer yeah. than we have. It's only been an hour or two, but we just connect on a different level. Mm-hmm. That's the key right there. Awesome. All right. So, what is your end game, Carlos? My end game. Um, really, I, I should have this. Right now, it's just to get rich, you know, and, you know. To make obscene amounts of money legally and ethically. Yes, and I think, you know, you know, I'm helping people along the way, you know, with their problems, and, you know, what do they say, like, you know, if you give enough, you're going to, you know, you're going to receive it back. Yeah, you reap what you sow. Yeah. So, okay, but, okay, so, and you're right, get rich is great, you know, Mm -hmm. but what is rich? I mean, rich is all relative. I mean, you want to have $100,000 in the bank as reserves, and, a million dollars in holdings by the time you're 35. I mean, what's what's that picture look like? I would say, um, I think, so I put down a goal as, I think I want to have an eight, $8 million net worth in five years. Okay. And then just be able to, you know, be financially free. And, uh, yeah, of course, with a million dollars net worth. And, um, yeah, just be... Freedom schedule. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, something that James and I have touched on before that I'm a huge proponent of is that, you know, you know, the Dave Ramsey financial freedom and all that kind of stuff, but the freedom is is elusive, right? You know, you go make eight million dollars and you got eight million dollars in holdings, you gotta maintain eight million dollars in holdings, you gotta pay for eight million dollars in holdings, you gotta you know, you gotta do all of this other stuff. So the the freedom of schedule to me is somewhat elusive because I don't even know what that schedule looks like yet right yeah you know I mean because now the freedom of schedule of hey it's five I'm going home yeah that's nice right (laughs) you know just just that's nice you know I'm not gonna have to go out at nine o'clock at night and go look at a house I have the opportunity of not doing that I had a listing appointment this morning Um, lady called me out of nowhere she's got a seven hundred thousand dollar house she's getting divorced it's over on the north side of town Uh, she's like this other agent, I think, has given us a bad deal on what they're saying it's worth. I need every penny out of this that I can get. What do you think it's worth? I said, I'll call you back in 10 minutes. Call her back and said, yeah, we can list it for what you want to list it for, but you're, you're pushing the envelope. I would suggest listing it at this price. And yeah. she's like, okay, well, this other lady that 
was giving us a number, said she would do it for four and a half percent. I was like, okay, and what you want to list your house for that you felt like was inappropriate? I was like, I know you're going through a problem. I said, I'll do it for 5%. I said, but I don't do anything less than 5% because I'm a concierge realtor. I'm going to help you every step of the way. Mm-hmm. And my services are not what you're going to get anywhere else. So I don't do that. I'm not a discount broker. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I completely understand. That's fine. Wow. You know, I mean, so the thing is, is there's that freedom of not necessarily turning down business, mm-hmm. but being able to not have to take that deal, yeah. not have to take that deal that, Maybe, maybe would have made you a thousand dollars, but you know that with the time and effort it's going to take, I could go do four more deals in that time, and so I, I have to let that one go. Or you send it off to one of your newbies that's, that's following you, and you take nothing or something. You know, yeah. See, James, I know you've done that. Oh. You've had deals that you hand off to people. Oh, all realtor deals, I pretty much do. But uh, I think it's kind of interesting. The value you're you're always making yourself more valuable as a realtor, mm-hmm. and that comes across when you're talking to somebody like that. They really feel like, hey, you're serious. Well, yeah, I mean, the thing is, not only that, but you go to um, who was I talking to yesterday? Oh, I was talking to uh, Rob Lender, and he's like, he he said, uh, he goes, I'm gonna buy one of those new vets, right? So if you went to a dealership just and had two vets and they sat them side by side and you went this one is $98,000 it's got all the bells and whistles this one's missing two features that that one has and it's only $42,000 what are you immediately going to think it's got a shit motor i mean there's something what it's only missing two things that that one's got why is it half the price yeah you're immediately intrinsically organically normally from the way we're conditioned going to go well i don't want the crappy one Right, mm-hmm. you know. So when I walk in and I, when people go, "Hey, I want you to list my house for four percent." Thank you very much. I greatly appreciate the opportunity to list your home, and I appreciate you inviting me out today. But unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to help you at that price point. You know, because based on what we do and this level of service that we give, we're not a discount broker. But I can definitely refer you to one of the other agents on my team that might be able to do that. But me personally, and with my business load, I can't afford to take that deal. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, so I have to be able to say no. I don't want to because I want the dollars. Yeah. I want every dollar. I think that's such a great, you know, being able to negotiate, you know, wholesaling as well and, you know, investing, being able to negotiate from a place of, from a mindset of abundance versus scarcity. Ah, you're talking about uh, never negotiate from a position of fear of loss. Yeah. That's a horrible, horrible thing to do. That's how I've agents made, screw themselves up. Yeah. I've made the worst deals, you know, promise, promise too much because I, I wanted to get the deal and it, you know, ended up not closing. You know, I mean, you've, You've seen some of them, you know, some of the ones I've locked up too high because I wanted, I wanted the deal, but you'd have to let them go. So, if you walked in to a wholesale deal, so, and they walked in, and the second you walked in the door, they were like, "Hey, I'm gonna let you throw one number at me. Go. Where are you going in? You going in where you want to be, or are you going in at the end of where you could be? Where are you going in, James?" I would say it depends on the area. Days on market, rehab. It's not on market. No, I meant the they, days on market of the area. Okay, all right. So if you're like in Clear Lake and you know it'll sell in two days, mm-hmm. I probably would go with, and the rehab wasn't huge, sure. extensive. I'd go at the op, upper range of where I'd be comfortable buying it. But if it's an area that I, uh, you know, who knows how long it takes to sell, rehabs. You, you got to hedge your bets. Up. Yeah, you hedge your bets. You just go 
and say, well, I don't necessarily want this offer to even get accepted. <laughs> this is the I don't want to buy it price. Yeah, that's make the, me buy it. Make me buy it. Think, you know, that, that's nah, a that, that's a real that's a real strategy. It is. If I'm gonna, I want to make a good amount of money. The more headache. I have a lot of investors that make I don't want to buy it prices. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, do we really have to write this? Can I just go get a verbal so they can tell me to fuck off? <laughs> well, that's good. Uh, well, Carlos, uh, we got to cut it a little bit short today, man. I really appreciate you being out here. I would love it. If, man, if you got another big deal or something coming up, you land something hard or you've got something else going on, we would love to see you come back and okay. talk with us. Uh, you know, I think, you know, James, I know it feels the same way, but I really want to track kind of how people are doing, how they're growing, uh, you know, what influences they're coming up with, you know, who they're influencing, you know, because, you know, the whole thing is you got to give it away to get it. You know, because I know you've been uh, working with James for quite some time, and I'm sure at this point you've got a few people that are coming and asking you questions. Mm, yeah. 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 So. Not too many, but. It, time and time. It'll grow. It'll grow, because I know y'all's y'all's whole unit over there is growing as well. Sure. I mean, so you always got FNGs coming in the door. I'll tell you what that means off air. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, guys, have a great day. James, any last thoughts? One thing I would say is, just like I met him, he was always looking. I think there's something to be said about the people that come into your group. Remaining open to opportunity. They're looking, and all they need is somebody who's done it, who can show them how to do it, and keep the inspiration, keep the motivation. Because when they're in your sphere and in your environment, mm -hmm. you're feeding the faith. Sure. All the time, right? Mondays, don't y'all get together mm. on a Monday? And we do every Monday through Thursday. And uh, you're, you're constantly sowing back into their faith. And at some point, it takes over. It does. Know, and I don't know when that is, but at some point it does. And then when they acknowledge it and, and they internalize it, it becomes theirs. It's no longer yours. You're no longer giving it to them. They've taken that seed. They've cultured it. They've watered it. And now it's, it's internalized. And you're absolutely right. You know, I mean, I think to wrap up what you're saying there is that, you know, and this is going to sound hokey, but we use this all the time in the martial arts world. You know, when the student is ready, the teacher will arrive. You know, I mean, and that's, that's exactly right. Because when you're open to the growth mindset, when you're open to success, and when you're actively engaged in looking for it, you're going to find it. You know, we, whether it's within yourself or within relationships or within just an opportunity. Or to find you. I think that's what happens. That's exactly what happens. I hadn't been reading, reading books like that, and that week, I was just like, let me take this to work. I'm going to start walking around with a book, because that's the yeah. second person you brought in here that was like, yeah, they were just reading a book. I'm going to start walking around with, like, I'm a millionaire book, and just wait for somebody to reach out. <laughs> All right, everybody, have a great day, and uh, make sure you come in uh, every Thursday for our new podcast drop.